You are listening to Take Back, a series by Pastor Bay Allen. It is so awesome to be here with you. I'm Pastor Bay, um, and welcome to Faith on 68. We are six weeks in on our Lenten series called Take Back. Um, where we are looking at the lengths that God has gone to to take us back as his people, that he is continuing, uh, continually going through to take us back as his world. Now, I want you to turn with me. We have a lot of ground to cover, but it, it's, it's just going to hit home on one point today. Okay, sometimes I'm kind of here and there and everywhere. Today, we're just going to really focus in um, on one point today. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 130, if you have your Bible with you or an applicable app on your smartphone. Psalm 130, in which we read, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now I'm just going to cut right to it. No weird segue here, but anyone collect anything? Are there any collectors in the house? Like, I see some hands going up. My mom, she collects these little spoons and letter openers from all over the world. My daughter, Kylie, she collects those Shopkins. Have you seen those little Shopkins? And she has like Pokemon cards and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, she, it's only natural, I guess. My wife always says stuff like, she gets it honest, you know. Um, usually in something that's worse than just collecting, she's like, she gets it honest. She cuts it from you. Um, but when I was younger, I'd collect stuff too. And, um, you know, any good collector knows that getting a good collection is kind of tricky. It's not just something that happens overnight. Um, there are some things uh, in your collection you will acquire uh, on your own. Sometimes things are handed down to you. Others you need to trade for, right? I remember I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collection when I was a kid. These were the packs. I still smell the scent of Topps bubblegum in my nose. In fact, I even as I was preparing, I almost showed a video. There's a video of someone opening a 20-some-year-old Ninja Turtle pack and their brother chewing the gum on YouTube. Um, but I used to collect these. I had the full set. I had all the cards. I had the sticker cards that you turn over and they make a puzzle on the back. Um, I had them all. I loved collecting them. I would take my hard-earned allowance and I would walk down to the hobby store down at the mall, down at Pembroke Mall, and I would go in and I would get my Ninja Turtles fixed for the week, right? I still smell that smell of gum. Collecting kind of consumes you if you're not careful. I remember I bought many packs that looked like this of Ninja Turtle cards, but my collection still wasn't complete. It wasn't complete. It's hard to get an entire set just on your own allowance, right? Just out of your own pocket. It's hard to get the whole set. Every collector knows sooner or later there's going to be a day where you need to team up your doubles and you're going to have to trade. You're going to have to trade if you want to get that full set. And I don't know about you, but I came from a long line of bad trading. Okay, a lot of bad training or trading in my history. I think I had a sign on my forehead that said, take advantage of me, please. I I do not understand the art of trading. Somehow I would get conned out of my favorite cards for multiple so-so cards. 
kind of like my older brothers, you know, they would give me like four pennies for one quarter, that kind of thing. It's like, you know, we'll give you four pennies for that one quarter, bae. And being the trusting younger brother, I accepted. I had some bad trades going on. But sometimes, and this is equivalent of buyer beware today, in the midst of this trade, guess what word was said? No takebacks. No takebacks. Once the trade was done, the trade was done. No takebacks. That is your Donatello card. I still have that Donatello card somewhere. No one laughs. No one likes Ninja Turtles. Anyway, as I look at this psalm, this isn't about Ninja Turtles. This is about this psalm. I look at this psalm that we're spending time with today, and I think about all that God has done in my life. And what if God didn't offer takebacks? What if God didn't offer takebacks? I mean, the psalm says, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Depths. I'm in the depths. I'm in the pit. I'm calling out. Something's going on here. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? There is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. You can kind of set your clock by the morning, other than leap year and changing and all that, where you got changed. But the, the sun comes up, right? The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. You know, we see the sun rising day after day. More than those who watch for the morning, my soul waits for the Lord. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So this psalm, Psalm 130, I don't know about you, but I can relate to this psalm. I find some points that I can relate to from the depths I've cried out. I've been there. Lord, if you marked iniquities who could stand, that's me. I've been there. There's forgiveness with you. I'm so thankful for that forgiveness. I need that forgiveness. I have hope in the Lord because of the mercy, because of the redemption. This, I can relate to this. This is because of the clean slate. I don't know about you, but this psalm is a beacon of hope in my life. This psalm speaks to me. Even if I fall short, it says God still forgives. It says God still loves me, still redeems me. It says I am still valuable. And I got to thinking about trading cards when I was a kid, about my brothers trading me pennies for silver. Then I got to thinking about this scripture. And today's sermon is titled, No Take Backs. What if there were no take backs? What if God just didn't allow take backs? Where would we be? This whole series, we wouldn't have been here at all for it, for one. But this whole series, you know, we've been looking at the lengths God goes to to take us back. But what if he didn't do that? What if we sang songs like, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, but never known by me. I once was lost, I'm still not found. I'm blind, I cannot see. Oh, what if that was our song? How horrible would that be? No take backs. 
What reason would we have to sing? What reason would we have to worship? In ancient civilizations, there were people that were constantly fearing a god or a goddess, a deity who at any time would rain down lightning bolts and smite the nation, destroy everything. There were tons of gods running around in ancient culture. Gods of no take-backs. But through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we serve the only God of grace. We have a God of take-backs. God of grace, pure, undeserved grace. Grace any other way wouldn't be grace. We don't deserve it. But we serve a God of take-backs. Amen? A God of second chances. A God of third chances. A God of 70 times 7 chances. And because of that grace, we can join the chorus. If you know it, sing it loud. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's our song. That is our song. Because we serve a God where our chains are gone, I've been set free. That's our God. And some of my messages, like I said, they have this point or that point. You have this certain takeaway. You have this witty acronym to remember. God rises above cultural expectation, grace. It's witty. It helps you remember it. But I want you to take this away, regardless of what it may stand for or mean in your life. That's personal. Find your own acronym. But I want you to take away today that we serve a God who forgives. We serve a God who forgives. It's what he does. I want you to leave here today beyond a shadow of any doubt in your mind, knowing that God forgives. God is full of grace. God is a God of second chances, a God of take backs. Because the scripture says, out of the depths, I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? When you cry out to God, God listens. God hears you. God knows what you're going through. Oftentimes, we're we're calling out from the depths, aren't we? We're calling out from the depths. Of whatever situation we're in. Sometimes that's the only time we call out to God. But that's okay. We cry out to God from the depths. I want you to realize he hears you. We call out from the depths of whatever we just dove headfirst into. Not even realizing it was the deep end of the pool. God hears you from those depths. The ones that you jumped into even though you were like, I don't know how to swim but it looks fun. God hears you from those depths of that situation that you just got caught up in. Even in those self-inflicted depths, God hears you. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? So I want you to know when you fall short, God forgives you. That's the point today. We read on to see there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And this word feared, it has many different meanings. Um, But I want you to realize God offers forgiveness. And this word fear is that God may be held in awe is another way of translating this particular use. 
held in awe in the way that inmates on death row look to the warden for a last-minute pardon, kind of awe. Or um, the way that the peasants of an ancient kingdom would look to their king. This, this form of fear is utmost respect, utmost allegiance and admiration. And the psalmist writes, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. Hope. If life's got you down, Miss Brown, you've got God's word to keep you company. To cheer you up, to bring you hope, and to bring you comfort, even in the depths that you may be in. Don't leave home without it. Write these words upon your heart. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. So when you read your Bible, we sang this earlier. Our children's message displayed this perfectly earlier. You see it all over the place. God always follows through. Always. We who mark our days by the rising of the sun, as sure as the sun rises, people say, more than those who watch for the morning, God always follows through. More so. There's no leap year with God. You can trust in the Lord every time. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. Now, mercy and redemption, two similar words yet different. Uh, Mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Whoa, that's a heavy definition. So someone that you could punish or harm, but instead you show forgiveness and compassion. That's mercy. And then redemption, we know through Christ that means saving, that means salvation, but also redemption speaks of something Um, In our case, we are a someone that is worth enough on a personal level so the necessary prerequisites for having that something returned are met. Think of a pawn shop. If you don't care about what you pawned, you never redeem it. If you don't miss your Xbox, you're not going to redeem it at the pawn shop. If you don't miss that camera, you're not going to redeem it at the pawn shop. God redeems us. He shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Now this psalm is written from the perspective of Israel, but I want you to do, and this is something that I do often when I read, especially in the psalms, where you see a name, or you see a word I, or you see a word Israel, put your name there. Obey. Hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Bay from all his iniquities. Insert your name there. See how God speaks to you personally. Our God is a God of takebacks and closing. He's a God of grace. So don't mope around. Don't stay in the depths from which the psalmist ascends. Don't stay down there. Rise up. Lift up your head. Look to the Lord. I mean, what do the scriptures say? Psalm 121, I lift my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord my God, maker of heaven and earth. Keep your head up. Chin up. Chin up. Because God is a God of take backs. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to God.
creator. God breathed the breath of life at creation. God blessed humankind before any of our accomplishments or any of our shortcomings. God made a way for preservation. Even when the profanity of our existence warranted destruction. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Those are powerful words. This is the traditional opening of the Lord's Supper. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. There are power. There is power in these words. Would you say those words? In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Pastors need to hear that too. We need to be reminded that we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. God is a God of takebacks, a God of forgiveness, a God of grace. And as forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God. You know, I'm going to ask that the worship team come up now as we prepare um, a song to just kind of set this scene called Sanctuary. The Bible instructs us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, right? Living sacrifices. The Holy Spirit brings this into reality. Our offering, it's not just treasure. We've been over this. It consists of our time. It consists of our talents. It consists of our treasure. It consists of all of us. So I'm going to ask that the ushers come forward at this time as we take our offering, as we offer our treasure to the Lord. I also invite you during this time just to turn your heart towards God even now. Even now the Holy Spirit is guiding you in becoming that living sacrifice that the Bible speaks of. Pure and holy, pleasing to the Lord. Let's offer our best to God. Worship team. as we come before the table, come around the table, come to the table this morning, I got to tell you, I am thankful to God that there is one loaf. Now we have a gluten-free option available, but I want us to pay mind to the one loaf. For we are varied people. We come from different backgrounds. We have different political affiliations. We have different favorite football teams, even though we don't admit it in church. We have all kinds of differences. But there's one loaf. There's one body of Christ. There's one God. There's one church. We are God's holy church. The one loaf reminds us of that. We also have the one cup. The one juice of the one true vine that is offered for all of us. On the night that Christ was to give himself up, he was at 
table with his closest friends, his disciples. And he took the bread. He gave thanks to God. He broke the bread. He turned to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body. And after they had had their supper, our Lord took the cup and he gave thanks to God. Then he turned to his disciples, his friends. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink, do so in remembrance of me. So all those years ago, Christ set this table before his disciples. May it be said that we are his disciples. In the United Methodist Church, we also offer an open table. This is not our table to offer. This is God's table. It is offered to you. It is offered to all who are seeking just to experience the grace of God in perhaps a different way. May it be meaningful to you. May it be fulfilling to you as you come to the table of the Lord and receive the grace that only he can give. I'm going to ask that our communion stewards come forward at this time. So as you leave through these doors today, may you go with just that one point, that one thing from today. Our God forgives. Our God is a God of grace. So go with that grace. May it be stirred afresh within you. May it be stirred to overflow into the the world outside of these doors so that others can experience the grace of God in their lives. Not even so not even so much through what you do, but through God's grace and what that is doing within you even now. So go in grace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.